up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Wake up, world. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here in the beautiful Pearl District in Portland, Oregon, and I got my guy, D-Boy alongside me today. What's going on, D-Boy? What's going on, Pete? Glad to be back. Oh, yeah. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So uh, make sure that you go, first off, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, thatcast.com. We're there, obviously. This is a ThatCast production. Uh, Make sure to go check us out for merch at wakeupandwin.com. That's wakeup, the letter N, win.com. And uh, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy the swag that we got there for you, especially with this upcoming holiday season. But D-Boy, I know you got things to do today. You got Blazer games to go to and all that because you got the theme song rocking and rolling. Yes, indeed. I actually was already there today uh, Ah. in pre-games and came back so we can rock this out right quick. Well, we're going to do what we got to do and get you back to where you got to go. So I want to start off. With the Portland Diamond Project, the Portland Diamond Project, first off, y'all should go check out the official Portland Diamond Project podcast. Um, It's a part of that cast networks as well. Um, Crazy gems in the podcast, crazy gems. Um, It's it's well put together. Uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, If you want to stay up to date and know what's going on with the Portland Diamond Project, I'd advise you to go check them out there. But... News did come out today about the Portland Diamond Project, and I want to talk about it here, which we've done once before on the podcast as well. And that news is that the Portland Diamond Project pulled back on an offer that they had. Um, They had an offer at the Portland Public School site, and they decided to pull back for the Albina Housing Project, who was also, I don't want to use the word competition, but basically they were looking at that site to be a prospective site for them as well to build housing. Um, They're trying to build affordable housing. Uh, It's definitely a unique and critical time period for that. Um, Some of the housing measures just passed, the affordable housing measures just passed here in the state of Oregon. And my takeaway from it was that the Portland Diamond Project didn't want themselves to become an issue with this housing project that was also looking at this same lot of land because the Portland Diamond Project actually does have somewhat of a political stance and they also support affordable housing and social equity and things of that sort. So I thought it was very interesting because it definitely, I feel like, could have turned into a money war. You know, it definitely could have turned out to a bidding war. And I was very impressed with the way the Portland Diamond Project decided to move and saying, you know what, we'll back off from that. We'll let the Albina Housing Project do what it is that they need to do, and we'll go elsewhere. I, wanna, I want you to keep elaborating on that, but does that reference when you, I think you first talked to me about this um, earlier on a podcast or maybe just on some side conversation between me and you, but uh, does this kind of go back to what you were telling me about how the number one problem or they don't want to make this baseball thing kind of step in front of the fact that it is a housing problem right now. Yeah. With homeless and the whole nine yards. So I know earlier on you told me something in relation to that, and I'm just trying to see is that kind of where they're finally butting heads or is that kind of where 
that has gone now with that. Well, with stadium building, you always deal with politics of housing. You always deal with politics of um, the city spending public dollars now. Moving people out? Uh, moving people out. Um, building. I, yeah, I guess you can consider it moving people out, especially when some people consider that to be home, even though they're houseless. But basically, right. spending public dollars, which the Portland Diamond Project isn't doing. They they say they have their private investors put together to be able to make that happen. But right. whenever you build something as big as a stadium within a city, sure, it's definitely going to change the landscape and it's going to make a complete difference change on the area. Change the area. Forward. You got to yeah. build bars. You got to build yeah. restaurants. Yeah. You got to build around the stadium, and you also have to get some housing built around there right. as well. Usually, right. so yeah. It definitely changes the landscape of the city. And in this city where there is major homeless issues, I could kind of see that that would be some of the little bit of pushback that the Diamond Project could get here. Now, what interests me more than anything is the Diamond Project actually more so showing support instead of getting into a bidding war, instead of being overly eager to try to get this particular spot, which they may have liked. But They've announced and they've said, um, I heard Mike Barrett say on that Portland Diamond Project podcast before that, you know, they want to figure out a way to be able to help the city. They're not trying to bring a baseball team here to be a hindrance to the city. Right. Also, I went to the um, the press conference that they had with Russell Wilson and Sierra and Russell Wilson and Sierra more so spoke from a point of view of they're trying to help minorities get into baseball. They're trying to help women like they came from more of a socially conscious place as to why they decided to join the Portland Diamond Project. So I think it's cool to see the Portland Diamond Project holding up to being socially aware and socially conscious when it comes to picking and choosing where it is they want to play, picking and choosing what battles it is that they are and that they aren't willing to fight, and ultimately doing what it is that they have to do to bring a team here and being in support of, of the city instead of hindering the city. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, I, I respect the decision more than anything uh, for doing that. And like I said, I do agree that first and foremost, the the living situation and, you know, the security of the people who, like you said, call that home and things like that. I think that that's first and foremost. So uh, hopefully everything works out for the best of everybody. For I sure. think bringing baseball would be more of a benefit than a hindrance. But like I said, it's it's. It's, deeper it's things lie, yeah, for sure. Me? So we'll see how that all works out. For sure, but that's the that's all we're gonna cover on the Portland Diamond Project because they got a podcast that can handle the rest of that. But we're gonna talk about Make that sure here. Y'all go check them out for sure. Way, for They're real. part of the same network we're a part of at that cast. Um, but like I said, we're definitely gonna talk about the Diamond Project here. We've done it before. This network came about, and we'll still do it as we all share this network together. But be sure to go and support them. Keep following what's going on, man, because, you know, this this will be a big deal for the city. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I think you should follow what's going on because of how big of a deal this is going to be for the city, regardless of what side of the playing field that you stand on. So right, be right. sure to check that out, and we'll be right back. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on That Cast Network. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. And we're back. And uh, 
a couple of episodes back, obviously we're still in the early stages of the 2018 and 2019 NBA season. Um, and I told you all that we would be covering the NBA on this podcast, but we didn't want to cover the NBA the same way that pretty much everybody else is covering the NBA. Um, we wanted the podcast to be accountable this NBA season. Obviously, we have a great love for the sport of basketball. You all know how highly I think of the league um, as far as the NBA is concerned. But I wanted us to make predictions at the beginning of this season. And as I told you all, we'd periodically come back and check on where those predictions stand, who's doing well, who's not doing well, and what we kind of foresee going forward based on the evidence that we now have based off the first 10 or so games that majority of these teams have played. So, for me, I'm going to start it off with my MVP. My MVP was Kawhi Leonard. He ain't getting it. <laughs> and mine ain't getting it either. I'll tell you this, though. Kawhi Leonard has much better of a chance than yours has right now today. Indubitably, if the, if at it, least mine plays. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's, that's really what it no, is. No, that, that's really the problem. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard <laughs> has played a majority of the games this year. His team only has no, one not loss. Not the majority. Oh, he's played majority. Okay, majority. But he's played majority. Yeah, he's played okay. in like but 7 out of 11, 8 of 11. Yeah. That's still majority. 70%. That's, okay. that's majority. Yeah, that's for majority. Sure, for sure. Um, but, yeah, there is no denying that the best ability is availability. And Kawhi Leonard, for different reasons, obviously, he's been resting a couple games. Um, he did have a foot-slash-ankle injury that took place. But outside of that, he's still a top-three candidate right now today to win the MVP award. Um, I would have to say the leading candidate right now is Steph Curry. Behind him is who? Behind him, I might have to say Giannis. And then you know who I have tied at third? Because Ooh. I think it's a tie right now for third place as far as the MVP candidate is concerned. It's not Anthony Davis. It's not. not Kevin Durant. It's actually a tie between Kawhi Leonard and Portland's very own Damian Lillard. And you know what's crazy? It's crazy that you say that because obviously Damian Lillard is somebody who we talk about often as far as uh, potentially – Arguably, I mean, top five point guard in the league, you know, blah, blah, blah. Top but, three at this point, if you but, ask me. Uh, right now, like you said, I For mean, sure. yeah, but that kind of leads into what I was saying. It surprises me that a lot of the, I'm not going to say a lot of the people that we kind of foresaw to be certain positions or whatever, but I feel like a lot of the big time players haven't made much noise early on. I know it's a long season. For sure. Know, 82 games, If correct me if I'm wrong. But Absolutely. I haven't heard a lot about James Harden. I've seen him well, he play was a little bit he was out today, for a while. and they've been getting blew out today by OKC. But He was hurt. Right. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of uh, even uh, Westbrook from he, OKC. He, he was hurt, too. You, you know what I mean? So that's what I kind of mean by yeah. early on. I think the only real person who we even put in that MVP talk that uh, has been playing a lot and just not really there is Anthony Davis. And if uh, – if I give you credit for what you told me a few days ago when we was talking in the car, it was more so that uh, his team just started losing lately. Yeah. They started off super hot. You got to uh, win. You got to you know, win and obviously MVP. Obviously, that was one of my top two to three uh, MVP contenders. And, um, you know, you got you to gotta kind of show some success and win for, for that to collectively work in your favor, in my opinion. So uh, I agree with you. I think that. 
Kawhi and uh, Dame is right there in the same ballpark. Yeah. Uh, maybe Giannis a little step up from both of them, and obviously Steph Curry right now in a league of his own. He's been in the league of his own, and that's why I said he's super dominant and that this year is going to be another year that the Warriors win the championship, obviously because of and, the likes and, of Kevin I, Durant, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And I hate but to the guy it, to separate things is going to be Steph Curry. And that's what I was about to say. I hate to say it, but I did not think that – And you might disagree with this, but I didn't think that it would ever be a situation for Kevin Durant where it would be playing in Steph Curry's shadow or Steph Curry being the reason why – Maybe he doesn't get an MVP. And I'm starting to kind of teeter on the other side of that because I think definitely with Steph Curry on your team, it makes it definitely harder to be an MVP. Oh, yeah. In my he's, he's a baller. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, so, a lot, he's an all-out stud. And he's a, and he's a, a highlight real. He's a Absolutely. Without, he's still Swaggiest key, player in the flag, league to me. I wouldn't say swag. On the court, just, he has the most he on the court swag flashy, to me. Period. Yeah, and, and, that's and, swag. Yeah, that's swag. <laughs> that's swag. Um, so, for my Defensive Player of the Year award, I had Joel Embiid. Now, Joel Embiid, I think, is playing well. Um, he's top 10 in rebounds and blocks, which are two very important defensive stats. And if he moves up one position in both of those categories, he'll be top five. He's currently sitting at number six in blocks, and he's currently sitting at number six in rebounds. I think it's a lot of season left to go. And with it being such a long season, he still has a lot more time for those numbers to continue to climb. Um, he's been consistent in putting up great numbers throughout his career while he's healthy. And I do foresee other guys kind of falling off who may have had some crazy big nights early on this season that won't be able to withhold that level, level of play yeah. through 82 you. games. So Embiid, I'm actually still very confident and very content with that prediction because being top 10 in both blocks and rebounds, being one spot away from top five in both blocks and rebounds, I think he's sitting in a good spot. Now, if I had to say the only thing that worries me a bit is I feel like the Philadelphia 76ers is missing another 20-point score. And Bede has to carry a lot of the load offensively. And with that, it will take away some from him on the defensive end of the floor. Now, he's a hard worker. He's a gritty player. He gives it his all night in and night out. Great competitor. But I need a Ben Simmons. J.J. Redick is averaging 17 as their second leading scorer. Um, I need a Covington. I need somebody to kind of have more of a breakout-like season and not really produce the same that they produced That's last season player. to help ben him Simmons, out. Uh I wouldn't say he's underachieving, but I haven't really heard or seen much from Ben Simmons sure. so far for him to have the potential that I know, you know, that he can live up to. So um, my DPOY prediction was um, none other than Anthony Davis, yeah, who we did. just talked about. Yeah. And uh, once again, I came up, I don't know about you, but I came up on the terminology defense wins games. Absolutely. So. Uh, defensive player of the year typically I would think goes to a team with some success um, at least over 500 and like I said I think the Pelicans is on about a six or seven game losing streak yeah I checked there. yesterday they were like four and six or five and six and they but started yeah, off with the first four yeah, so, exactly yeah, that so, says a lot um, under 500 obviously we need that defensive presence to be um, a little more or we got to figure something out over there with uh, New Orleans so uh, Anthony Davis still early in the season, still definitely I think can be a um, contender or a potential winner of the Defensive Player of the Year award, but you gotta win some games. So next up, most improved. 
I see you, Jamal Murray. I see you gunning for Kyrie Irving out there. Go for 50. He if for he sure get mad man. about it, so what? If he wants to throw the ball in the stands, so what? He shouldn't have gave you the first 48. So my most improved player by that, with all that being said, is Jamal Murray. And I feel like Jamal Murray has done what I've expected him to do at this point. Now, I think right now he's teetering around like 18 points per game. I think for him to exclusively be in a league of his own to win that award, he needs to average 20-plus points a game. 18 is very close to that. But when your team is 9-2, and two, I believe they're 9-2 and two at this point, and when you're going out there and you're raising hell with the guys elitist Kyrie Irving and forcing him to – throw the ball in the stands, and now you two kind of have a little bit of a rivalry and a back-and-forth thing going on. And Kyrie is out here talking about how he can't wait to see you again because you hit him up for 48 points, and they're supposed to be this championship-contending team. Those are the type of moments that you have to have along with your production for you to be able to win an award like that in this league. You have to have those big-time moments, those memorable moments, those things that will stick outside of just your production. And him scoring 48 points in that game, he did that. Now, I will say he's still been a little bit inconsistent. Um, I, I've, I've seen him string together some good games, and I've seen him kind of have some off games. But as far as his production is concerned, as far as his team is concerned, and the far, as far as having a moment as big as that this early in the season against a guy as elite as Kyrie Irving, I think I'm three for three right now, and at least being in the ballpark with all of my predictions at this point because Jamal Murray is playing basketball right now, folks. I don't now, think folks. you're three for three, but I do think you was head on with that Jamal Murray, and I think you have a great point when it comes to that. It is a lot about memories and moments, and I think that, you know, kind of going after a veteran in Kyrie Irving and, you know, having the kind of performance that you had there, uh, maintaining that and creating more memories, it'll be hard to forget about you and it'll be hard not to consider you when it comes time for that. So I definitely think you spot on with that. But I wouldn't say in the ballpark with all three because I still don't think Kawhi is... He's a top three candidate. I don't think so right now. Who's ahead of him? I don't think so right Who's now. Who's ahead of him? I, I, if you, you only can name but, three but, people that's ahead of him. Well, the thing is right now, like we always say, it's so early in the season that I don't really – it's too early. But when you sit out four out of 11 games, that's a lot of sitting out. And I think that that definitely diminishes and taken, takes away from your chances. It and takes so away from his chances, so, but I still think he's a candidate. He's playing, but I, I don't think so. I think that because today it's, – it's, it's at a pace. It's like at the rapid pace of amount. When you said earlier the majority, I didn't – obviously the majority means more so than not, which – Obviously, he played more times than he didn't, but you have to agree with me. Four times sitting out out of 11 games is a lot. And if he it's keeps a, it up enough. at that trend, I don't think he's he not will. top three candidate. I don't think he will. So but right but, if, the, but, right the, but if the awards ended today, why I mean, started right today, excuse me. I get what you're, where you're going with this, but why right now if you don't think it will – you're only going to get more tired and more playing, you know, as it goes on. Well, well, first off, he had two different injuries. He had the back injury where he rested. And the ankle, the right? other injury was an ankle injury. That's two separate industri in, uh, industries. Yeah, two injuries. separate injuries. Yeah. And that happens. So I don't think it's going to be a case of more. Every game wasn't a rest game. Couple games were rest games. The other two was he had an injury while playing the sport. It happens. So I don't think that it's going to be a thing where you see a bunch of rest games. Now, what I will say is 
I will say that he isn't trying to win the MVP award right now. We got to remember that Kawhi is a champion. So I expect him to rest throughout the season periodically, but obviously he has to be on the court to play a little bit if he wants to get back into that championship mode, especially after taking the season off last year. But the championship mentality is not going away. So his priority is winning the championship because he pretty much has the East secured. I mean, Giannis and the Bucks are obviously doing well, but I think he's more so in championship mode than MVP mode. But he's so good that I think he can still get both accomplished. Yeah, we're going to see, man. You know, it's, it's Curry got it locked up, really, and that's what it's going to be. So we'll go from there, really. Yeah, now, the next award on this list of phenomenal predictions because I think I'm pretty close to three for three right now. Um, the next award is the Rookie of the Year Award, and I'm giving that to Zion. Wo Oops, I mean DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that boy's still in college, man. Yeah, he's still in college, but he don't need to be. After what I saw man. them do to Kentucky, Kentucky the other oh night, my oh, my God. gosh. He watched that in chain like, yeah. And I thought it was going to be a game. It wasn't yeah, a game. Not even a little bit. From start, from the very beginning, it wasn't a situation where they kind of gradually domination. took a lead. It was domination. Right from the start, Duke tortured that team. And the cold part is Zion, he's – Damn good, obviously. He's going to be a special player. He already is at this point. But R.J. Barrett. Ooh-wee. Yeah, sick, boy. Sick, man. Yes. That's we why got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. That's why I kind of had to throw that in there because uh, they should be rookies in the NBA right now. But back to the real prediction, it was DeAndre Ayton. And I think DeAndre Ayton is doing well. Um, one of my wild predictions, I always put out a wild prediction in the beginning of the year, along with the many good ones that y'all already heard. But one of them was that I said the Suns could be a playoff team this year. Um, but that's not happening. The good thing, as far as this prediction is concerned, is that you don't have to win many games to win Rookie of the Year. You just got to put up some numbers. And DeAndre Aiden right now, he's averaging about 16 and 11. That's rookie of the year type numbers. So I don't think I'm too far-fetched with that prediction either because he's doing well. And like I said, it's not one of the awards where you got to win a bunch of games and have a lot of team success to win it because usually the best rookies you expect to be your number one and number two picks. He was the number one pick. And they're usually coming in to the worst team in the NBA, and they're trying to start something and build around them. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might say his name wrong, so correct that too, but I believe I said Doncic back. When we talked about it. Luka Doncic. Yeah, I, I believe I said Doncic, and I believe that I'm a firm believer I made the right decision. Looking yeah, at that boy numbers, he's putting up some numbers, <laughs> and he putting them up versus some dogs. 23, 21, 30, 26. Like, he, he going crazy. That's a hell of a debut. Yeah. In my... In my opinion, he's not No, he's balling. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's definitely balling. Yeah, like I said, I'm a rock with Aiden still. It's a long season. And he might be averaging six and four along with that. So it's not just about scoring. That's six rebounds, four assists. Right. That's a complete package in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, he's balling. He, he's balling. No taking away from that. But like I said, those are probably the top two candidates right now for that award. And lastly, I had Coach of the Year going to Brad Stevens. The Celtics, it's a long season, I think. 
they can still help him get that award this year. But I also think, as I mentioned about Kawhi, the Celtics are now in championship mode too. Um, with the success that they had last year in the East, now they got Kyrie back. Now they got Gordon Hayward back. Um, Kyrie's obviously a champion. There, and there's no LeBron in the East, they feel like they have to pace themselves this uh, year as well. And so we'll see how that goes. But I still think Brad Stevens has action at being the coach of the year. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yep, for sure. But next up, we had some questions come from listeners today. Uh, I put something out on social media and I asked people to reach out to us with some questions or some topics because we want to cater to you all as well. So um, we don't have a name for this segment yet, but we're answering some questions for the listeners. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on That Cast Network. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on That Cast Network. So we are back, we are back, we are back, and we're going to answer a couple of fan questions, listener questions, I should say. Um, first off, thanks to everybody that reached back out and participated and wanting to hear what we had to say on certain topics. Um, that's definitely appreciated. Like I said, we're here to cater to you as well, and we're going to get the job done for you. So the first one comes from Diego, my guy Diego, and he asked me, What is the importance of voting? And can we speak about political awareness, some of the results of the election, and do it in kind of a fun way? He wanted us to do it in a fun way. Okay. And well, that's what we hear for. And I think we could do that. I think we can get the job done. <laughs> um, first off, I will say um, I was pleased for the most part with the, with some of the elections that happened. I was pleased with what happened here in the state of Oregon. That's where I voted. I voted there for my first time. Right, right. I think this state killed it. This state did really well. They did what they wanted to do, that's for sure. Absolutely. I followed it real close. I was pleased with the output of many of people who did actually participate in voting. Um, I kind of seen people passionate about it. I seen people excited about it. And I thought it was really dope, you know what and I mean, to see that. influence. More than ever, For sure. I seen people take on the initiative of having influence, influencing peers to vote, actually informing people on what they're voting for and what the coincidence could be right. or what you know, the outcome could be. So it was it was very good. I was glad to see that. Yeah, I was definitely glad to see it too. But I do have some bones to pick with some people and it may not be the people that you are hearing should be criticized right now. It's not with the people that didn't vote. It's for the people that feel as if they are better than the people that didn't vote because they did vote. <clears throat> what you see, that you must feel some type of way about something you've seen. I do feel some type of way just because um, I see a lot of people coming out and basically saying, if you didn't vote, shut up, pretty much. This is your time to kind of act out. And I could see some of it as being a motivational tactic, but I also could see some of it where people do feel you know that way about voting and people feel like this is everything to us like this is kind of the biggest thing going for us and there's no denying the impact the influence and how important it is to vote like i said i did it right it matters um it, it matters. definitely matters but i don't think the way about trying to influence or talk to people that didn't vote 
should be in a way of kind of looking down upon them because they didn't vote. I think we just have to keep acting the way that we're acting, keep going out and voting. Yeah, we can encourage people to vote, but don't feel as if you're better than a non-voter. Especially, especially go back to agreeing to disagree type of thing. You may not know why a non-voter didn't vote, what the reason is. It's a lot of underlying you know, things behind every person's decision. Absolutely. Just like you passionate to vote and you can give a list of reasons why you did do it. So, um, like I said, it might be a reason that might not work for you. And so that's where it goes back to the agree to disagree. You cannot vote and still have a humongous impact on what's going on, you know, in society, in your neighborhoods, on decisions that are made and, you know, all of the above. So, I definitely agree with you. Yes, it, Stop the bash. It's not like this is the most trustworthy country anyway. Now, I do understand the reason to vote is to try to elect people in office to change that. So I understand the importance of voting. But I understand but, why some people might feel like it's a rigged system anyway. Exactly. And that it might not be impactful. Exactly. Like said, you might not agree with that statement, but that's where it comes, where it's an agree to disagree situation. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, Diego, that's how I feel about that. I'm definitely... Um, pleased with the political awareness of society as a whole. Um, I'm pleased with what I voted for here in the state of Oregon. One thing that I like a, a lot about these local elections, and yeah, sure, I still think there could be some rigging going on, and there still right. could be some things that shouldn't have happened that are happening. But one element that I liked a lot is not having an electoral college. I like if you have the most votes, you are elected to be in whatever position that it is that you've been campaigning for. Facts. I don't want it to be, oh, so-and-so had the majority vote, but they didn't have the electoral college votes. Ah, that's the part of, that's you know, be, the four-year elections I, that I don't yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But I did like to see that this time around, you got to see the, the exact amount of votes that, you know, these people that ran got. And... Quite frankly, that's how you win is by having the most votes. I like that a lot. For sure. I agree. Now, the next question is from my good friend Omar Cerulli. Omar Cerulli, what's going on with you? Um, and he also has a podcast. Y'all should go check him out, the Open Invitation Podcast. He's talking hoops. I, I'm tapped into it. I'm subscribed to it, all that good stuff. Um, but Omar had a question for me. And, D-Boy, you might like this one a little bit. I'm all ears. The question was, should Luke Walton be fired? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he shouldn't be fired. Why not? Give it time. Can I get some time? Everybody ain't the Blazers. And what I mean by that is the Blazers starting off extremely hot can we They're agree not eight and three or nine and three they won tonight so they right. might be nine and three now did i talk to you about another stat where it was uh that most of their players have been together at least three to four years yeah that that is a part of that early season success you know, success yeah. period and i'm the type of person where uh you know it wasn't much to work with before you know this season i'm willing to give it some time uh, not too much time, though. I'm not going to be very uh, patient with this situation. So I think give him a little bit more time, see if things shift, see if things change, or I think, Omar, you very are much so on to something. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. I don't think he should be fired yet either. Um, 
I think that would be a discredit to the league if he were to get fired. Reason being is everybody wanted to see LeBron James come over to the Western Conference, and we all knew how tough the Western Conference has been for years. And we all know how LeBron dominated the East. Now, LeBron coming over to the West, obviously you expect to see instant results. That's what we've gotten pretty much his entire career, definitely the last seven to eight years, we got instant results. He's going to the finals. It doesn't matter where he's seeded. It's just going to happen in the Eastern Conference. Well, the West, it's a gauntlet over there. And I feel like him coming into the West, if we expected him to come into the West and be one of these top two, top three teams in the Western Conference, regardless of what part of the season it is, I would say you're playing yourself and you're discrediting how good this league really is. You're definitely discrediting how good this conference is. So what I'm seeing, I kind of expect it. I don't even know if the Lakers are a playoff team this year. And it's not because of Luke Walton. It's not because of LeBron or Lonzo Ball or Magic Johnson or any of that. It's just that this team has been in a rebuilding stage. Sure, they added one of the greatest players to ever play. But um, it's some real dogs in the league right now. So I expect them to kind of, you know, face some turbulence it'll be a bit of a bumpy road trying to get where they want to be plus we all know that this isn't the roster that the Lakers are expecting to have right away they got a couple more years they know that it's a free agency coming up that's going to be crazy next year they're building towards the future but they have enough to work with right now to where I'm saying I agree if if in not too much time things get better it is uh it is time to you know make some changes because yeah that West it, it's tough, enough man. to work with bro it's enough to work that with that west is tough I think, man no i agree with that but i, I think it's a discredit with it. i think it's a valid question and a good question what he's asking because it definitely is something to consider if things don't shift soon how soon is soon though midway through the season maybe after a trade deadline uh when they cuz i think they'll definitely add another piece or two this season, so uh, it's just maybe one for sure. Maybe, but, uh, but I, I don't think, know about I that. Think, I think really this season. I think really this season. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I say really you give him the whole season. You, you give, give him the whole season, season, see what they're looking like, see if he's getting those young guys better because you want to make them as valuable of assets as possible for any particular reason, whether they're staying or leaving. You want them to be good assets. So you got to give them a whole year, and you got to give a lot of these guys a whole year to learn how to play with a guy like LeBron. That is a totally different element of basketball than any of them have probably ever played in their life. So Having to play on a LeBron-centered team, you got to give it a year. Very true. I but, agree with that. But we're going to only go with two questions today. We'll save the next ones for future episodes. Like I said, y'all keep the questions coming and keep the topics flowing. And uh, y'all know how we're going to end it. We got taking L's, baby. Keep it locked with the Wake Up and Win podcast. Hey, now. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now. We got to do it to him. Like I said, we always try to give y'all a winning formula through our predictions. We talked about the Portland Diamond Project. We answered a couple questions, but uh, now we got to talk about who took a loss this week. And for me... Big L's. Big L's. For me... It wasn't one particular individual who took a loss this week. <laughs> it was an entire group of people that took a loss this week. Ooh. And let me tell you why. Ooh. 
There's a young teenager, 13-year-old girl. I think she goes Ooh. by the name of Chickpea. Ooh, had a hard time. <laughs> and Chickpea. Trickpea, John. <laughs> <laughs> Trickpea. <laughs> goes on Twitter. She wears a Make America Great Again hat. Um, she talks about how bad the Democratic Party is. Oh, and by the way, if I didn't mention, Chickpea is a young African-American teenage girl. Mm -hmm. So she was black. She wears the Make America Great Again hat, giving off Kanye vibes. Um, she, she goes on Twitter, talks about the Democratic Party and her family's Democrats, how her parents weren't going to help pay for her to get through college, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. Basically just dogging Democrats, dogging pretty much her own people, as you're going to soon find out. Right. Then she puts up a GoFundMe. She's getting a gang of support on Twitter. She's going viral. She puts up a GoFundMe to help support her to go to college because she said her parents weren't paying for it. And her. raised a significant amount of money. She raised like $150,000. She wow. got she got mentioned by Candace Owens. All of these conservatives are so happy that this young girl is trashing the Democratic Party and she trashing black people she and wearing a Make America Great Again hat and supporting Trump and all of this good stuff. And guess what she does? She scams them all. She goes back on Twitter and she talks about, do y'all really think that I would support President Trump? Tom and y'all really think that I would I support this MAGA hat and what this country stands for? Scammed them. Foolery. So all of those people that pitched into that $150,000 donation feel like vomiting. You, my friend, took an L. Yeah, you got punk. <laughs> you ever seen the show Punk? You got punk. You all, my wow. friend, my friends, you people, so y'all took win? some losses. Did she win? Did the, did the little girl win, you think? I, I mean, I think she won. Think she she won? accomplished what she wanted to accomplish. I it mean, she went, she, for she went viral. She made money. Now, granted, I don't, think, I don't think she's going to get any of that I money. Go fund me. I I think she get to. I don't That's think the crazy so. part of it. I, I think, think GoFundMe's going to put a stop to that. Mm -mm, I think they'll put that. a stop to that. Hopefully we'll um, follow up with that news. Yeah, That's for sure. I think they'll put a stop to that. Um, but yeah, she got her message across. She ended up giving she, herself a platform so to get her message scamming? across. Do you think that would be classified as scamming? Yeah. Okay. The reason why I think it's scamming is because you really didn't need the money for the reason that you needed it. But I think that she does. It's so a as lie. a thirteen-year-old black girl, you uh, might really need yeah, the money she, for college. Yeah, yeah, she might really need it, but if and she use it for that. But but the way that she talked about her parents and saying that her parents wouldn't pay for her to that go to college, been true too. It could have been true, but the way that she said it, she and framed they can play it, it as true. She for framed, sure now. I mean, they tricked her, so <laughs> I'm not sure. saying that. But what I'm saying is the way that she framed it and the way that she put it out. Out there it's a scam okay the reason why she was supported was because she led all of these crazy people <laughs> for right. lack of a better term right to actually go and donate her money their reasoning for going to do that was because they supported the message that she was pushing mm. across about I, the democratic I think, party I think she but she won i think she keep the cheese she, i don't think she gets it from gofundme <laughs> i think gofundme gofundme was already deducted the money listen, she already got paid if gofundme <laughs> wants to stay in business i'd advise paid. them to shut it down it's a scam the little girl got over she used <laughs> she social media Media. She okay. made her point. Let's make this even Don't more. get her $150,000. People will not take GoFundMe serious. Let's take it one notch up. Do you think she was told to or inspired to do that 
by an older person because I definitely think some older person used her as a puppet in order to do such a thing. I don't think that the 13-year-old girl came up with this wholeheartedly by herself. I think she was put in a position or given the idea by someone older. I disagree. I would, I would be interested to some of our listeners to chime in, you know, on Twitter or something with some feedback on what y'all think. Check out the story if you haven't. Obviously, you heard our take on it. But I'm interested to know if you guys think that somebody else put her on to doing something. No, I think she did it herself. I think she was young and social media savvy and knew that those kind of things work in today's day and age. I can't really imagine too many older people wanting to pull that scam. Now, maybe she brought it to them and they confirmed like, yeah, that sounds really smart. But I think these young kids today are so social media savvy and they know how to go viral and they it's it's theirs. They run social media for the most part. If she did that by herself. And they're raised by social media. I think that she might have came up with that idea alone. If she did that by herself, then you're right. She didn't need the money for college because she's getting a full-ride scholarship (laughs) somewhere anyway. So on that note, can we we pass that over to my L? You know what I mean? Who took an L for you, man? Man, the Donovich, the Vinci, the the, the who? The dude that got crossed by CJ McCullum on the bus. Oh, DiVincencio or whatever. number nine, Ankle That was bad. That was bad. Oh, my gosh. That was bad. I just seen some cold crossovers in my lifetime. I didn't seen Tyron Lucas stepped over by uh, Iverson. I didn't seen Iverson put some people on the pavement. I didn't seen Kobe break some ankles. Yeah. I didn't seen uh, what, what did uh, Jordan do? Crossover Byron Russell. Yeah, and we, hit the shot. And hit, hit the, the shot. shot. I didn't seen a lot of killer crossovers in my life, but that one. CJ McCullum, you put what you say his name is, Devon? DiVincencio, I think. You put DiVincencio <laughs> on skate. DiVincencio. Yeah. All I know is, all I know he is. He didn't have a name till that night, and he still don't got a name besides ankle broke. Now, I'll tell you when he had a name was in that national championship game uh, with Villanova. He was the one that went off, but yeah. That don't that's where no I know him from. But I mean, that ankle break just erased <laughs> all of them accolades and success. It's over for that. That's all we know you for yeah. is a hard ass last name that was and a bad, your ankles. That was broke. bad. You Face went first. to both. You almost went on both forearms. <laughs> yeah, that you was got, bad. Listen, you were standing on two feet and you ended up touching both of your arms on the hardwood floor at different times. In one, oh man, I. Man, did you guys see? Did yeah, you it was see? bad. He got crossed oh, badly man. in that, a major way. And CJ went been, off that game. I can't even say that might have been the top three crossovers of all time, but definitely the top three responses of somebody getting crossed over. It was no plan at off. It was no yeah. nothing. It, it was, was bad. filthy. It was filthy. That's an L. That's an L. That's an L. So, uh, D-Boy, <laughs> go Talk ahead. Go ahead and tell them where to find you, man. Man, that was filthy, man. <laughs> Y'all don't even need my Instagram right now. Go to Trailblazers on Instagram and look a few posts down and go see what I'm talking nah, about. No, they might need to go to your Instagram and see you hey. win $250 hey, tonight right. at hey, the Blazer hey, game. Right, Daddy, I forgot about that. Oh, I can't, we didn't man. even talk about that I yet. I came in an ice cube cold <laughs> at halftime, cat. 
and went out there and made four shots in 36 seconds to take home $250. My Instagram going up right now. Go find it <laughs> at dboy with a I, not a Y, LTD. And check that out and leave a comment because it's hella funny. <laughs> and I'm Pounce underscore Sation. Twitter, Instagram. You can also search my name, Devon Pouncey. I'll be there. And uh, thank you all for listening. Once again, subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen, we're there. Um, definitely go check out That Cast Network, That Cat Podcast Network on thatcast.com. And we're going to leave y'all the only way we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Till next time. <laughs>